Talk Radio. Hey, good evening. Welcome to episode seven, the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show. Uh, before we begin tonight, I want to take 30 seconds, moment of silence and respect uh, for people whose um, lives have been taken senselessly um, in regard for safety of others, just people that just didn't have to die. Uh, not only Jacob Blake, uh, but the two others that were killed from recklessness, Brianna Taylor, and many other people who we don't even know about that didn't have to die. 30 seconds moment of silence, please. Thank you. We pay that respect. It is Thursday. It is Thursday, August 27th, 2020. Dub, dub. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, depending on what part of the world you are listening. Welcome, 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 and welcome. Another episode of the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show is on the air here on Blog Talk Radio. 
We're going to do our best tonight to keep spirits up, keep these face smiling spirits up, positive. We're going to keep it moving, you know. Uh, if you missed the opening segment, you might have came on and like, there's nothing happening. Gave 30 seconds moment of silence. Um, it's paying respect to a uh, lot of stuff that's happening, man, you know, um, every week now. Things are are um, pretty turbulent, you know what I'm saying? There's really no easy way to put it. Um, you know, before we get into the show, uh also want to send prayers, healing powers, anything needed for any friends and families in Louisiana, uh, even those in Texas, uh, anybody that's been affected um, from the hurricane that's turned now into a severe tropical storm, I believe, hit land and died down. But, you know, such a scary moment, I'm sure, for everybody. And unfortunately, lives were lost as well. Um, so it is unfortunate. So our prayers uh, go to those in Texas and Louisiana and anybody else that's affected by Mother Nature. You know, we dealing with this, <laughs> you know, you look at something like hurricanes that come in, tornadoes, tsunamis, you know, major blizzards and avalanches and all kind of stuff that happens through Mother Nature and through the earth. And sometimes petty squabbles and man-made things seem so small, you know. At least it does to me. I, I don't know how you guys are feeling. And as a matter of fact, um, I don't know how you guys are feeling. And so we're going to keep the phone lines open all night tonight. Um, anytime you feel like you want to jump in, I keep inviting you to press 1. If you are listening online, you want to dial in, the number is 516-453-6094. Again, 516-453-6094, and just press 1, and I'll bring you in right away. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know how you're feeling. There's a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to discuss. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about some current events and things that's happening. Kenosha, you know, on fire. Um, things that's happening with, with that, with Jacob Blake and the 17 year old reckless and abandonment holding up, you know, what he did. Um, we're still dealing with the elections. The RNC is happening tonight. I'm sure that, uh, not a lot of people are watching the RNC, but I, I not saying that you shouldn't. It was funny. Monday, I'm like, yeah, what channel is it on? Everybody's like, yeah, who cares? Who cares, man? Look, you better care. I understand that it's not easy to listen to. Uh, a lot of things that are being said is just ridiculous. You know, there's no easy way to pull it, put it. But if you feel that this political party does not suit your needs, you need to know what they're talking about. Just don't ignore them. Pretend like, oh, I'm not going to listen to what they're saying, and I'm going to go for Joe and Kamala, and then things will no, no. You need to know 
what your oppressors are saying. You need to know what the enemy thinks. You should be aware, be literate of the things that come out of their mouths. They tell you a lot without even saying much. They sometimes tell us things that we that they know we're not listening. So the RNC is happening. We still got time to get that census in. I hope you all have completed your census. Uh, Shouts out to those people that are going around in this time of COVID, knocking on people's doors, trying to get our census completed, especially around uh, our lower income community, our people of color, our black and brown, and others that may live in our community. In this community, that community. <laughs> so shouts out to those workers out there. Shouts out to uh, the people that are doing this COVID tracking too. I understand a lot of people jumped on uh, that system of uh, records and number keeping. Uh, those that are working hard to keep us informed on the numbers uh, dealing with COVID cases every day in your state and in our country and in the world. Um, remote learning, you know, I've been talking about that for a minute because you guys know how I feel about education and about our children and what a future will lie, you know. Um, what's that education looking like for you guys? And you're going to keep asking those questions, want to know what you're doing to adapt to the changes. What are you doing to make sure that your child, your student, is getting the best education possible even when some of our leaders don't have any plans in place. What are you doing? Are you doing anything to support other people? Or are you just trying to make it, quote, unquote, ends meet? <laughs> just getting by. <laughs> trying to make sure you're smarter than a fifth grader, eighth grader, or whatever grade your child is in. Um, but I would love to hear from those that are working on different plans and uh, ways to implement support, especially for one another. Um, and I think that is necessary. So maybe if we have some time, we can talk about that tonight too. So I heard that there's a, a laptop shortage though. Uh, Dell and HP, you know, they're talking about they got a laptop shortage. They can't um, make the laptops. You know, they can't fulfill the orders that are needed. A lot of that has to do with uh, the problems and issues with U.S. sanctions. Um, you know, dealing with China and trying to order the proper equipment and the um, tools needed to build laptops. Here we are. Needing China in order to improve the education of our country, you know. Dealing with the China virus. See, it's that kind of stuff that that is irritating and frustrating. When we have representatives of leadership that does not represent, I mean, honestly, it's got to be the majority of people. And we all know that the elections was rigged, Russia's involvement, blah, 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 blah. Well, we're not going to get into that right now. It's Unfortunately, that has already happened, and this is where we're at right now. So... Hopefully you all are getting out there to vote. Don't forget to put in your mail-in ballots quickly as possible. Deadline dates change depending on the state. Post offices are slower 
<laughs> that, that they already were. <laughs> and the post office, and the post office. Well, I'm from Chicago. You know, we're used to the post office being slow. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I talk to my dad. You know, he's like, "Yeah, got that. No problem." Down in Texas, like, man, you know, hey, this is Chicago. We're used to slow way, slow mail, but now it's slow. Like, oh my god. So, guys, make sure you uh, get those mail-in ballots in as soon as possible. Um, and if you're spending time researching people that are on the ballot, good. Just don't spend too much time and get it in as quickly as possible. Um, so, you know, here we are. Another black man has been killed by the police in three minutes. Like three minutes. They got the call to pull up. They pull up, jump out the ride in three minutes. Seven. Wow. Take it down. Well, I've worked a lot of security gigs, and usually when I'm pulling the back of somebody's shirt, that's a that's a that's a lost cause after that. You know, I fail to uh, control the situation. You know, many times I've been in that moment and realized, you know, hey, you're in a bad spot. You lose control of the situation. And so they lost control of the situation, plain and simple. And the only way they could gain control, you know, the rest. Yeah, I understand that he had a, they had a history, they know him, or, you know, he's got some other kind of stuff in his record. You know, but we're always dealing with that. Well, what did he do? Why did they shoot him? What did he do? Well, he's got a record. Oh, he's not this nice person. Yeah, we okay. You know, again, I ask the question. You know, we we have to justify death. We have to justify people getting killed all the time. Like black victims, it's your fault. And I say black victims. Not talking. I know that this black man was killed, and we're quick to say black man. No, black women, too. They got it worse. I was really, um, you guys missed a hell of a show last night on a dysfunctional by, by design with me and my dad, Bill Green, um, and how we were able to identify the struggles of both men and women. And if you did miss the show, I do implore you to go to blogtalkradio.com slash greenbg52 and pull up the latest episode of this Volcano by Design. Like, you know, did he have to die? Did she have to die? Did they have to die? What did Doc say? Uh, In that other movie, I, I forgot the movie already, you know. We continue to love a country that doesn't love us. It's hard work every day. You know. It's like, man, why did he get in the car though? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
fear, reactive instincts, protecting his kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I'll tell you, the gunshots didn't have to be the end result. I think this was one of those moments <laughs> where black people were pleading for the cops to beat his ass. You know, just beat his ass. <laughs> just get him. Just beat him down. So, yeah, it's a lot, man. And I, I, um, I'm sure a lot of you have already been listening and um, been reading and just talking about it in your comments and your Facebook groups and your Twitters and your Instagrams and everything else. Um, so I'm not going to spend time trying to replay and reanalyze the situation and how it happened. But I tell you this, they definitely lost control of the situation. They lost control as soon as they pulled up on it. They probably lost control when they made the decision to come up on the scene to answer the, answer the call in the first place. Whatever they had in their minds, you know. Apparently, they have a history with this dude. I remember Chicago not too long ago. If you all remember in Chicago, there was a dude um, what, near uh, 75th, 79th Cottage, maybe 75th and Cottage, somewhere over there. But anyway, something happened. Oh, he, what did he do? He he licked, licked the officer in his face or he spat on him or kissed him or something, you know. And they already had a history with this dude. And I mean, you know, he did something that was really I called for. But the cop grabbed him and slammed him to the ground, bust his face all up in the concrete, literally. I mean, like, bow, you know, folding him up in the street off the curb. You know, some of that had to do, I'm sure some of that had to do with, uh, I'm sure a lot of it had to do with do licking or whatever he did to his face. But still, they even talked about some of the history that he's had with the police. Same thing with this guy, Brother Jacob. You know, these things have got to get better. Here we are going into September now. I feel like we were just saying this. Not you know, not too long ago. But here we are coming into another month and still no changes. We demand, we demand, we demand. Got a march coming up in Washington. Some people are already there getting ready for tomorrow. I believe it's tomorrow. Commemorating the original march on Washington. Peace John Lewis, Martin Luther King, everybody else that the initiators of the March on Washington. We marching, we protesting. Uh oh, they're not gonna play basketball. Oh, maybe now we'll get their attention, huh? <laughs> maybe now. Oh, forget basketball. Then it's just a bunch of black guys and white guys want to be black guys, just playing basketball and. You know, forget them anyway, right? That's what Trump and them are saying. You know, how dare they put Black Lives Matter on their basketball court and wear paraphernalia and, and kneel and put a fist up? How dare they? They better not do that in the NFL. 
Oh, but wait a minute. The Detroit Lions did what? Wait a minute. I mean, I just, you know, I just feel like we have to be very strategic in what we're doing. And I think it's to the point now where maybe we don't even know what we want to do. What do we even want? Give me a call, 516-453-6094. What do we want? What are we demanding besides not getting mowed down, killed, and cut down by the police all the time? I mean, I know we we would like uh, better opportunities, better uh, funding in our neighborhoods, uh, support, equal support for businesses in our neighborhoods, uh, no, no, no more food deserts, um, um, you know, the same opportunities that, well, there's no middle class, but, you know, equal opportunities, right? A lot of people say, hey, you guys are just being um, spoiled almost. I'm not saying get over slavery, but, you know, like you have some of these black people in the Republican Party. I'm just getting mine. I don't need no handouts. I, I make make do with what I got and I succeed from there, you know. I don't I don't need that extra stuff. So what I mean, you know, what do we want? And do we even know as a people what do we want? And I'm not talking about the Black Lives Matter agenda. I mean like for real, for real. What what do we want? Because I'm not sure at this point now. Um, just real quick, um, when I talked about remote learning, I did um, just a word of advice for those with children, with students, uh, something that, um, that me and uh, my son's mom, Jackson's mom, uh, Tiana, we were doing. Uh, she has put together a calendar. And I've mentioned before on previous shows, in your plight of trying to find balance in your uh, spiritual and your physical and your mental um, path in this life right now, taking advantage of technology and utilizing, you know, like a Google calendar or Outlook calendar or whatever calendar you can find that's electronic and um, making a habit. Um, I know a lot of times remote learning for our students can be very, um, it's consistent as far as the times that things are available, but there's inconsistencies in between that, I think, for our children when they are online. There's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of time where they might not be doing anything. So what we're trying to do is that we're developing a calendar for uh, Jackson to follow every day um, and just developing these habits. <laughs> and he, it's funny. I got a, a message last night. She was like, she put on there, brush your teeth. <laughs> I was like, man, you put brush your teeth on the calendar. And I guess, hey, you know, we want to build habits. And he is a teenager, a, a male teenager. And I remember when I was a male teenager, I was not. Well, no, no. When I got to high school, I was brushing my teeth, but 
anyway, that's that's too personal. <laughs> but again, just uh, as I was asking, you know, if there are some um, suggestions or things that you're doing in adapting to uh, COVID and where we are when it comes to the edu- education of our children, uh, one thing that we're doing is that we're building a calendar for him and we're developing habits for him to follow through that calendar. And then it helps me, too, to know what he's doing every day, you know, um, you know, in case I call him or I don't want to disturb him if he's in class. You know, it's just good to know exactly what, what your child is doing every day. And if you don't know what they're doing, then give them something to do. Build a calendar, you know. Uh, I saw, oh, I, Okay. So again, our number is five one six four five three six zero nine four. I know Dad's in the queue already. The chat room is open also for those that are listening online. It should be open. Um, I'm trying up some new technology here too, so I'm trying to make sure I stay the course and stay focused on the show tonight, and I get caught up on this tech. Um, I know Dad was in the queue, and I press he press one. There he is. Um, let's see if he had something to say, or if you just helping to fill some time here. Maybe you're bailing me out. <laughs> <laughs> bailing you out. That's funny. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Uh, what's up, Wilfredo? Oh man, you know, um, I, I think I, I think I'm still riding from last night, you know, uh, from the beginning of the show when you asked, you know, how you doing? <laughs> I think I'm still... <laughs> I think, yeah, well, I think I'm still tripping on that. You know, you um, you asked uh, uh, a lead-in question about what do we want, Yeah. but everything that you said, not this, not this, not this, that's why I kind of took myself out the queue because you eliminated <laughs> everything I wanted. <laughs> yeah, like, well, okay, that takes care of that. You know, I well, got like, to like say. what? You know, like what? Well, you said, you know, I don't mean like Black Lives Matter. I don't mean like, um, uh, well, the whole thing that you said, like, um, uh, you know, I'm not. Well, I can't. The things that you said, you, you. To hear, because you are, you know, yeah, I know that, I know that. So, you know, okay, if I don't want um, a better life for myself, if I don't want um, a better, not to get shot by the police, I think I, you know, want to be, you know, um, arrested, be or whatever, if you know, for my children, you know, so I'm trying to, but want, you know, well, you know, uh, pandemic way, well, it will, well, it won't ever completely go away. We'll always have this virus, just like, you know, we have all the other viruses, mainly the cold, which is a virus that will never go away. Well, it may one day they may find a cure for it, but there's no cure for the flu. There's no cure for the common cold. You just got things you can take. So I'm thinking, okay, so now, you know, he, he, what do I want? 
at at 73, what do I want? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd like a little honey, <laughs> you know, somebody to snuggle up to. No question about that. I'd like to live independently again. You know, these are my wishes, you know, of life. But what do I want, you know, yeah. um, when it comes to being a, a black man in America? You know, what I don't want maybe is what I want. What I don't want is to ever be called a minority again. You know, um, what I, you know, don't want is to be um, judged by the color of my skin and not the content of my character, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would say. You know, what I would like, what I do want is Fairness, fairness, you know, um, from from this society of ours, what I would want is fairness, just, you know, to be treated fairly. But, of course, that would mean this this country would have to redefine what fairness is because it's not made for fairness. You know, it's not developed. It's not formed. Um, fairness. If it was, you wouldn't have upper class, middle class, lower class. You wouldn't have, you know, the social economically impoverished. You know, you wouldn't have, you know, the homelessness. You wouldn't have, you know, um, a country that is totally um, dependent on chemicals, you know. Um, this is a chemophilic society. We love our drugs, legal, illegal. We love our drugs, dry drugs, wet drugs, alcohol, cocaine, you know, we, you know, nicotine, caffeine, methamphetamine. We love our, we, we love Vicodin. We love uh, Valium, you know, we love Libra. We love our drugs, you know, but then we complain about, you know, um, the, the, the uh, pharmaceutical industry. Well, they only turn so much of a profit because they got ready-made clients. You know, we're in line for our drugs. You know, I would love a, a, a fair um, health care system. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love President Obama for having done what he did where no other president before him could do, you know, creating, you know, uh, as close to a fair system of health care as anyone has ever done. You know, um, and everything that's been attempted since, you know, by this idiot in the White House, you know, has only proven, you know, two things. One is proven that a lot of people don't know that the Affordable Care Act and, and Obamacare are the same thing. <laughs> you got a whole <laughs> lot of country-ass people who say, I don't want no Obamacare, you know, but I, I want to be able to go to a clinic and, and get taken care of. You know, it's like, well, that's Obamacare. Oh, well, you know. Well, I want that, but don't call it Obamacare. (laughs) (laughs) Silly ass people, man. You know, so that's, you know, that's the content of what I mean about fairness, you know, where we have a a fair system of understanding, where the dialogue is even fair, where we don't double talk everything, you know, where we don't see a, a, a white dude, you know, a young white teenage punk wandering down the streets of a, in the middle of a protest, in the middle of the night, you know, with a assault rifle strapped across his chest, and the police roll by by him, 
But then, you know, earlier in the day, we see a, you know, a brother plugged in the back seven times while his children are sitting in the car, you know, um, because the taser didn't take, you know, uh, you know, uh, you said something earlier about, you know, the situations out of hand when you got to put, when you're grabbing at somebody's T-shirt and I could feel where you were coming from. But this brother's laying across his ride, so he's already prone. You're already right behind him, you know, whatever he might have on the floorboard, you know, whatever he might have hidden underneath the bottom of the car. You already got you're right on top of his back. You know, I don't I don't know too many people that, you know, are able to, you know, contort their bodies well enough with you sitting on their back to be able to to turn their arm around and stab you. <laughs> I, you know. I mean, you know, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see how that, with the steering wheel even in the way, I just don't see how all that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, but we live in a country that, you know, what's not fair is the media and how it can adjust its dialogue to fit its schedule. You mm-hmm. know, we have what's going on. I mean, we have the heat of what's going on in the north, and then we have you know, a hurricane that's a natural disaster that's going to run its course. It's predictable. It's going to come. It's going to hit. It's going to go, you know. But got people running around out there in the middle of it, you know, with their microphones talking about, oh, <laughs> you, know, you know, there goes a tree. Oh, yeah. And, and then at the end of all that, somebody says, okay, stay safe out there. Shit, excuse me. Get the hell in, you know. <laughs> Broadcast from inside your shelter. We're all right with that. It's raining, it's windy, and trees are flying all over the place. Why the hell you got to have somebody out? I mean, what's this, you know? <laughs> anyway, you know. so what, you know, yeah, you know, like, you know, I would like to see a a, 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 a black version of the news. When I came home from the service back in the 60s, when everything was hot and heavy, you know, King had been assassinated, demands were being made about representation on TV and in the movies and blah, 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 blah. But I remember there was one thing in, in Chicago. They used to have this W C I U or something like that, Channel 26. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, they had a black view of the news. And, man, I couldn't wait to turn that on. And all it was was a bunch of black people saying the same thing that the white stations were saying. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be a perspective of 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 issues you don't hear on the news, you know that you don't hear on the on the on the on the um, on the on the the the, um, the routine stations. I thought it was going to be about like what's going on right now, you know, like the news would be all about this brother being plugged, about this white boy wandering the streets after midnight, about the NBA taking a knee, NBA having. Black Lives Matter is a banner every time you turn on a game. That's all you see, you right. know. And and you know, I mean, a cat like LeBron <laughs> saying, you know, you know, I ain't gonna cuss too much on your show, so I ain't gonna say what he said. It's okay. <laughs> F, it's all right. We'll you know, be all right. F this dude, or however he put it, you know. And then you know, have had the black, you know, um, black view of the news having the whole doc interview, you know. Yeah. When he says it's, you know, it's amazing, you know, that for a country that doesn't love us, you know, for a country that we love, we never treated us, you know, any, you know, how the quote went. I 
yeah. or have it in front of me because, you know, it's just, you know, what he was saying, what's amazing is that for as much as we've done, you know, for all the reasons that we shouldn't have, yeah. you know, for this country, for all the things that we've done, you know, um, and how the love for, you know, humanity, you know, for our humankind, for our brothers and sisters, white, black, otherwise, you know, the things that, you know, we've done, you know, that represent what this country is supposed to stand for, and that we're the ones that are beat down by yeah, the very so, things that we stand up for. I mean, man, it's... Yeah. it's yeah, it's great, but so, it doesn't count. It don't count for 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 us, you know. It's it's different, you know. It's the rules change, not quite the same. But the, when it comes the, to yeah, us. the rules change, but the rules that were written were the rules that we defend. Yeah. You know, so those rules still stand. It's the treatment that is inconsistent, you know, and that's the rules are there, but it's like yeah, but <laughs> what the hell you mean? Yeah, but. We the people, yeah, but you know, yeah, like, what but yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah, well, you know, you know, you know. So anyway, man, uh, so, let me let me um, ask you to go ahead. I'm sorry, I had a question for you, but I want you to finish your. Yeah, go your on, talk. man, go on, go on. I I don't want to turn it to JJ overnight. Go on. No, you go. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> yeah. He'll be laughing. <laughs> You know, I, I wanted to, you know, we didn't really, we haven't really talked a lot about, you know, I mean, I know we've talked a little bit like, you know, there's talks of reparations and things like that. But yeah, in, in having this opportunity that, that you and I have on Wednesdays and Thursdays and even personal dialogue we have with one another, we, we've never really talked, you know, like about, you know, the demands and, and the plight of the black people from your generation to my generation and yeah, Jack, right, Jackson's right. generation, you know. So, you know, from your perspective and, and looking at what you've experienced um, and dealing with uh, political parties and all that kind of stuff, what would you, is there anything that you would suggest as far as initial steps to make things fair, as you say. What are some things that you would suggest maybe to to those that are listening, uh, you know, uh, on what we could do or what Jackson's generation can do to try to implement some changes to improve things and make things a little bit more fair? Well, see, first, now, you know, this is just me. Well, who else mm-hmm. would it be? <laughs> you know, I'm not that schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else uh, is thinking, you know. Yeah, yeah everybody else is <laughs> I hear that. You know, so um, first of all, what has to be understood is what creates the slant in the field. Black folk in particular, people of color in general, but black folk in particular, are a reactionary people. We don't have the power to dictate social policy. We react to it. You know, that's the, that's the way that the, 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 this chase system is designed. You know, I mean, you're the, you're the minority or you're the majority when it comes to race, and it doesn't matter about number. It's generated by power and, and perception. So recognizing that, what 
we have available is what everybody else has available. You know, we just may not have as much, but we have it. You know, I might I might not have, you know, the newest, the biggest, and the baddest ride, but I got a ride. You know, right. I might not have the, the newest and the baddest crib, but I got a crib. You know, I, I may not have the cleanest neighborhood, but I got a neighborhood. You know, so it's not like, you know, I may not have a lot of money in my bank account, but I got a bank and I got an account. So it's like, let's take a look at where we move our money. How much do we, first of all, how much do we even know about the money market and what I mean by that? How, how much do we know about how long the dollar stays in, in the hood, in our community? What happens to the dollar that I, as a black man, spend? Does it come back to me or does it leave my community? Right. You know, where do my investments go in, in the everyday things that I need in life? If, if I'm not recognizing the power of my dollar, then I'm not understanding the, the, the cosmic economy that, that generates America. So, I I, you know, I have to at some point recognize whatever it is I have, even though it may not be as much as what somebody else has, it's what I do have. It's not like what I don't have. It's what I do have. So how am I, now I'm speaking to your son now, how am I understanding my station in life and what the responsibilities of that station in life require me to be aware of? Yeah, okay, the basics are there. You know, uh, you know, mom loves me, dad loves me, and I love them. Got food, shelter, clothing. Okay, you know, I got a, I got a stable foundation of development. I'm not discouraged from pursuing, you know, my, you know, uh, for those of you who are listening, and even for those of you who aren't, <laughs> you know, Wilson uh, Jackson is a savant. You know, this, this dude plays like five musical instruments, and it only takes him a minute to figure out the one he didn't know a minute before. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, that's what a savant is, you know. Dude could just, you know, not like the rest of us, he can pick up a, a musical instrument and make sense out of it. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's a matter first of all, it's like what, you know, it's like what Dr. Dennis Kimbrough said in Think and Grow Rich a Black Choice. You know, we don't have as much, but what we do have it's plenty for us to use toward our own um, self-care. You know, if, if, if we have $1.8 billion that we generate, it doesn't matter that my white counterpart might have $10.8 billion that they generate. All I need to do is look at, am I giving my $1.8 billion to them or am I giving it to us? You know, that's what I have to understand. You know, for the better life, am I sacrificing my, my, my personal opinion when it applies to society? You know, and that's what happens. I, I, I give up my right to dictate social policy when I continue to invest in, you know, that which does, in fact, dictate social policy. Then. I'll always be a minority, and I'll always get whatever that minority piece of the pie is dictated by the dominant culture. But I'll do it saying, well, you know, this is the better way of life. You know, instead of slugging it out, you know, with my own, saying we yeah. got to figure it I'm still talking to Jackson. We got to figure out, you know, how we want to represent ourselves in, 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 in politics, 
how we want to, you know, represent ourselves in in the money market, how we want to represent ourselves in, in, in education. What do we demand from education? You know, I think it's a travesty today that the educational system still does not make it a mandated aspect of criteria included in the curriculum that parallels black history with American history in every book they teach from. You know, if it has anything to do with American history, it's got to be American history that includes me. Else people will continue to think all I do for a living is slave. All they'll think is that's all I contributed was as a slave. And all they'll ever think of me as being someone who you said earlier, you know, demands a lot but produces nothing. You know, I've given you this, I've given you that, you know. Even this whole deal of reparations, hey, money's cool, but you know, and I know, we go through money, everybody, you know. How much money have we spent in our lifetime? You know, so (laughs) give me something, you know, else in form of reparation. You know, let's, let's do some restructuring of this government. You know, let's do some reparation and representation. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Let's do something that's going to build, you know, a, a sound foundation that's going to ensure the continuous growth of right. Jackson and his group. Right. right. So, right. you know, but to do that, we got to get on the same accord, you know, like there's too many mixed messages that we give ourselves. And of course the, the dominant culture jumps on that. You know, yeah. we, you know, like I love the idea you suggested about three weeks ago, man, but it's not one that started three weeks ago. You were talking about it five years ago, you know, train ourselves to police ourselves. You know, what's up with that? So anyway. Yeah. I was uh, just writing notes down as you were talking as well, uh, you know, with the mixed, mixed messages. And there's so many things, I guess, you know, because there's so many things on the quote unquote black agenda. I think there's so many things that we become confused or unfocused or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? You know, what I'm <laughs> um, be, it becomes uh it becomes an overload of, of emotions and of, of thinking, you know, it's like, it's like it becomes so much that we just can't get focused on one thing. Um, yeah, I feel you there. Right. You know, and it's like sometimes if we can just focus on one thing at a time. But it's like so where do we begin? You know, so then there comes the the misconnect. No, I think we should start here. No, I think we should start on this. I think we should start on that. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a wonderful dialogue to have. You know, it's there's, great, there's great you know, that's Yes. I mean, where do we start? It's a wonderful dialogue. That's where to start. <laughs> Having the dialogue of where to right start. Right here. That's you where know, we start. I mean, right. You know, that's a wonderful. I mean, all we got to do is turn our heads and we, you know, everything we're going to see is a good a place, as good a place as any to start. But I tell you, none of it will mean anything. Well, as far as I'm concerned, none of it will mean anything if I don't have a clear understanding of who I am. And what I mean by that, I mean, that sounds so eclectic. You know, what I mean by that is all the things that is used in American society to, to, to dictate social policy, to, 
to um, have some form of, of a workup that, that allows for whatever kind of treatment I need to get when I go see a doctor. You know, you got the World Health Organization, you have the Diagnostic Statistics Manual, the DSM, you know, that now is in its fifth, you know, working. All these things have in them, you know, the, the DSM, you know, whatever's in there can be used anywhere in the world through the World Health Organization. So if I'm diagnosed with this issue in America through the DSM, it will be, no matter in what other country I'm in, it will be interpreted through the World Health Organization to understand, okay, here in China, this is how we need to treat this issue that he was diagnosed for having in America. Now, okay, that said, wonderful, but still people are dealing with me based on their research of themselves, you know, and so I still remain a footnote, a parenthesis, you know, around what the dominant culture has already developed for itself, and I have to be fitted in to that diagnosis, whether it's, whether it's applicable or not. It's a roll of the dice. Why? Because the one thing that is missing is that I've never been a case study. You know, you're talking about you, you as a black, in. you as a black man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, right. I've, I've never been that case study. So if, you know, like, oh yeah, well, you know, black issues are no different than white. Well, that might be true, but let's do an isolated study of, of, of me to be sure about that. You know, let me, you know, it's just like, you got, you got the flu, you got the common cold and you got COVID-19. Now, they all are a virus, but each one requires through research a recognized approach to effectively treat it. I deserve that. Surely I got to be worth of something more than a virus. So if you can research them, research me. You have all the material from slavery on, even before slavery. What was my life like before you converted me into a life of slavery? You know, what impact did that have on the way I behave today? You know, isolate that study, identify that study. Maybe then, you know, through the research, a person can, you know, if they're, if they're a breathing entity in this part of the world, they will have a better understanding of what we mean when we say black lives matter because they'll have an understanding of what a black life is. Right now, we're just a footnote. We're just a, an annoyance. You know, we, we're just the people that, you know, in my day, we're told, go back to Africa. Now, you know, they ain't saying go back to Africa. they just mowing us down, man. You know, they just mowing us down. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it's the fear of... Of 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 something that we've never done, but they treat us like we're the culp- we're the perpetrators of our own misery. That's how we're right. treated. You know, we've never right. we've never well, we did have a few rebellions during slavery. You know, four or five of them, and of course, we only know about Nat Turner. They were more than that. You know, and um, slave rebellions. But <laughs> doesn't that make sense? That's what this country was built on. You know, slave rebellion, well, not this country uh, as the Indians knew it or the Native Americans or those indigenous to this country, you know, but um, those that came here came as indigenous servants. And so the whole concept of rebellion, you know, 
was the foundation of this America as we know it. So wouldn't it make sense that there would be a slave? Who in the hell wants to be a slave? You know, so, you know, like, anyway, man, I, I apologize for going on and on with this. But, no, you know, no, because like, I, I thought it was important to, to I, you know, at this moment, I thought it was good to get your perspective. You know, I really think that in, in looking ahead and as people are planning, you know, they, they need to take these things into perspective, these things that you talked about. Um, and it And it means looking at those other things as well. You know, looking at the parallel of Black history with American history, but then you know, yeah. you know that means, but you know that means that America, if to do that, then America is going to have to, you know, there's going to be a lot of a fault. They're going to have to acknowledge on what they've done. What was the word you order. used earlier? Guilt. Guilt. Yeah, yeah guilt. there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of guilt, yeah. you know, involved with that for yeah. them to to do that. You know, so yeah. for them, it's Amen. like you know. You know, to to get over my guilt, I'm just gonna pretend like it's not there and just change the rules and erase the history books. <laughs> yeah, just pretend yeah, like to get it's over not there. my guilt. I'm gonna make you guilty. You know that. that you right. know that. But the thing is, you know, see, this, that's the thing. You know, like in in my my venue, you know, my specialty, my 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 focus is in the area of substance abuse. You know, I you know, and everything else, I'm just espousing opinions. Well, even then I would be, but that opinion would be based on, you know, um, a recognized um, venue of, of career. You know, I mean, I dedicated over 30 years of, of, of that pursuit. So, sure, there are more people better educated than me to talk about the situation of politics, economics, you know, social issues, no question about it. But I tell you what, substance abuse, in whatever form it comes in, you know, um, has a tremendous impact on the working structure of this society, you know, as far as behavior is concerned. And I'm talking about addictive behavior, not just substance use, you know, uh, the pursuit of pleasure at the expense of freedom, the things that we do in this country, the greed, you know, addiction to money, power, you know, the things we do to our to our fellow human beings, you know, just for a moment's comfort, you know, um, it, it, it's, Ooh. and and the and the overall impact it then has on you know on our families as well, you know, like, mm. you know, you look at this dude who's the head of this country right now, and look at his family, and then just take yeah. a breath, and look at the dude who came before him, and take a look at his family. Yeah, you know, is there? Is there an issue here? <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. But that's not the com- that's not the conversation. Take a look at 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 the integrity of this dude right now, you know, in the form of, you know, legal issues. And take a look at the dude who came before him and where his integrity, you know, lied as far as legal issues. You know, just take a look at environment. Take a look at, you know, the overall social structure. Take a look at Relationships. the two cabinets. Well, yeah. You know, take a look yeah. at the two cabinets and tell me if you see any, you know, all the interns that work for one compared to the other. You know, yeah, and then you get into the nature of relationships, the cross nature of relationships, the acceptability compared to the rejection of various 
forms of human endeavor, you know, race, color, creed, social, sexual orientation, you know, one was a campaign, you know, and this dude is all a, I almost slipped up, is all a joke. But that's <laughs> never, you know, I watched the white media stumble over itself just trying to talk around the obvious, you know. You know, just talk about the obvious, you know, and just hammer away at the obvious instead of acting like, oh, well, tomorrow we'll have a different script and no matter who's the president, we'll still have a job because we'll be able to just talk the news. Okay. You know, that's fine for them, but it doesn't work for us. So, you know, if you want to start talking to me about reparations or a changed future or an even playing field, then let's attack the structure of American society as we live it. You know, now where do black folks start? We got to start, you know, well, we got to start with taking care of ourselves. You know, you got homeless black folks. What we going to do about it? You know, you got black folks strung out on drugs. What we going to do about it? Right. You know, you got black families in crisis, you know, um, single parents. You know, what we going to do about it? You know, you got a single parent who has to work and their children, you know, uh, have to be cared for. What we going to do about it? You know, we need, you know, we need to eat. So is how we going to eat? going to be dictated by the menu on McDonald's, you know, or are mm. we going to teach ourselves how to nurture ourselves, you know, how to grow our food. You know, so, so I guess we can't start a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and it, you know, you mentioned the word revolution in, in today's society and right away, the great fear of seeing black people with, with assault <laughs> rifles, you know, <laughs> but this country, as we know, it was founded on revolution, you know, so it, it's like, you know, but again, it's like your fear, white folks, is displacing my need. You know, you, you're subjugating my need based on your fear. You're saying you can't give me what I need for your fear of what I'll do if I, if, if I have it, instead of recognizing what I do when I don't have it. But then yeah. you blame me for not having it. Yeah, man. And you wonder why you wake up real tired sometimes, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, this is the unconscious effect. You know, you can't always be on top of everything that you have no control over. So you bury it. And this is the unconscious effect when you run out of room to bury shit. You know, when there's no room in the attic, when there's no room in the heart, when there's no room in the ass. You know, where then do you go? You know, <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 so crazy, man. How things are, are the way that they've been flowing, the way they flow. You know, and I've really just had to take some time to just let things go when it comes to what we've been doing. Again, I keep saying what we've been doing on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and like tonight's show and talking about guilt and things like that have a lot to do with that as well. Um, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of us that have these these certain feelings of guilt. A lot of it has to do with what's happening right now. Uh, a lot of this, 
a lot of this COVID situation is forcing us to really look at our lives, you know, what impact are we making in this world? You know, and then we see the things that's not changing, the things, the same shit, the same stuff that's happening, you know, and, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, man, yeah. you know, how, what, what can I change? Do I have the understanding or the wisdom or how it goes to know the things I can change? How do I deal with that? You know, yeah. <laughs> and then the things that I can yeah. change, what yeah. am I going to do to, to make those things happen? What's my first step? Yeah. You know? So Yeah. 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 And and it has to be it has to be something with a contingency plan. It can't be something that we just gonna poke holes in the sky about this year and then right. it'll be something else next year without this year ever ever having completed itself. It'd be like one of those long ongoing meetings that no matter how often you go to them, it's like you never went to the previous one. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> we're still talking about the same stuff. Still know? talking about but the same stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, see, yeah. you know, but then, okay, you know, like what we've been what we've been talking about over the course of the past three or four weeks on, on both shows, you know, what's the, what's the black family as a system about? What, you know, what, what are the, you know, what is it that a black man and a black woman look for, you know, before they get married? You know, what 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 is it that I'm what is it that I'm wanting, you know, from uh, uh, someone who the church says is what does evenly yoke look like, you know? And is this, you know, what I'm pursuing or is it that in the black family system evenly yoke means one person having more than the other? but just doing respect to a concept of it's, but it's for us. Like whether, you know, um, dad or the man is making the money and, you know, and, 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 and the woman isn't, or if the woman's making the money and the man isn't, or one is making more money than the other, and then it changes over time and the road shift and responsibilities at home. What is our idea of the black family as a system? You know, what does the head of the household mean? You know, what does, you know, what does it, what, what are the expectations of the children? You know, um, is it the ongoing theme of, you know, uh, raising our daughters, but loving our sons, you know, and, 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 and then falling into the, the malaise of, you know, black women raising their, in the dysfunctional black family system, black women raising their black sons to be the black men, their black daughters cannot stand, you know, we have to re, you know, re, is, is it, you know, man, one of my great guilts, you know, is that I don't feel like I ever did enough financially for my son, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll carry that guilt. It's almost making me cry. Just saying it. I'll carry that guilt to the grave. And I know I will. And it doesn't matter that somebody will say, yeah, but you showed them love. Yeah. You know, in the in the in the in the in the system that I came through in marriage, you know, if you're not handling the finances, then you're a flop, you know, as the head of the family. You know, that even though that may not be talked about, that's the attitude. What have you done for me lately? You know, always wrapped around this financial thing. You know, where there's never a clear understanding of what's enough. You know, so the insecurity of finances is not the primary argument of the family. 
you know, that wasn't how we got together, you know, or if it was how we got together, was it a true statement? You know, like, I'll only marry you if you have so much money in the bank account, or I'll only marry you if you're going to do so much in the home, you know, I mean, we, man. What's your credit score? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, what kind of car do you drive? You know, yeah, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, man, the value, you know, I don't know, Will. You know, I, you know, I married one, I married one woman that was a year older than me, and I married another woman that was like 12, I think 12 years, 13 years younger than me. 12. But the thing is, what I recognize having married both of them is that I was out of my league. You know, your mother was much more mature than me. Being a year older, she was so much more um, emotionally developed than me, you know. And, you know, the, 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 my second wife, just young enough or younger than me to where there was no consistency in value. You know, it was like a and – it's not a fault thing. It's just a recognition that her values based on her generation was completely different than my values based on mine. And it was just enough distance between us, you know, in years that that became the thing that was never the the, the discussion of the difference in values. Instead, I was too busy trying to dazzle her with my footwork during the audition that we never talked about the things that became our issues. You know, so I don't know, man. You know, if, if I had my choice, if I had my druthers, you know, it would be... No, y'all, y'all got to get counseling before you get married, not after you get married. Right. You know, and that right. counseling has to be not just a general counseling to be able to check the box, but something that takes into account what your struggles as a people, as a culture, you know, as, yeah, as a culture is. Yeah, I, I was going to say that me and Tiana went through counseling before we got married, but it seemed real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and and you did it with the if I remember right with the with the uh reverend, right? Yeah, yeah, that that married us, right. Right. Yeah, but it was And that's cool. That's cool, but like is that going to be the foundation of the marriage? You know, like is the counseling going to be the focus or is it just the requirement? You know, well, you, what I mean you know, is Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it probably depends on, uh, you know, afterwards and if we stay connected with that. That's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. That's because we didn't really mess with that church after that, really. Yeah, <laughs> you and know, see, so. that's what I. So the value of it is lost in the transition. It's like, no, this is supposed to be. If I'm going to, if I'm going to this guy who's, I'm sorry, you know, if I'm. Reverend Minister, Minister who's counseling us before we get married, then I would first listen to as being, you know, members of the church, but then that becomes the tiebreaker of issues. He counseled us so he has an understanding of our individual value, you know, you know, what he's holding us to basically. You know, and we're members of the accountability as witnesses, either one of us or both of us. 
path. See, that's what I'm talking about, man. It does, in, in, in that sense, who I What matters is how, you know, the advantage of having a, is that this physician refers you out according to needs based on the ongoing attendance, you know, right? You know, um, you know that you develop rapport. It's not just an appointment, you know. It becomes right. a dialogue, a relationship, right. you right. know, and then it becomes a relationship of, you know, I have a responsibility to you as your physician to treat you in the best way possible, but then you have a responsibility to me to show up. Yeah. 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 Man. Well, you know, um, we can keep going. Um, I'm going to switch up a little bit and jump back on the, on the uh, agenda here. Uh, Absolutely, uh, man. I, I yeah, apologize. I, man. No, no, no need to apologize. No, no need to apologize. This, no this, to apologize. this past week, you know, but I got it. I got to just say this now. You know, this past week, you know, has just uh, wore me out, man. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm just realizing things that that are so frustrating. You know, I'm thinking about you know, you know, I'm thinking about my white friends. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's a, there's a few that you know, like show up on Facebook. You know whether I'm making comments to them or they're making comments to me that, that the, you know, we, we feel like we got each other's back. You know, they're making comments to their peers. I'm making comments to mine and, and we're friends. So we cross section our, our, you know, our support of where we're coming from. But then I have other white friends who are just absolutely mute, you know, just mute about what's going on. And, and, and that's, that's been wearing me out more than anything, man. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, it, it, <clears throat> is it, you know, for the enlightened, for the enlightened few out there, you know, um, I, I don't know. It, it does it is what's, what's the difference between, you know, being enlightened and, you know, being, um, aloof. Yeah. So anyway, that's just what's been wearing me out, man. You know. Yeah, it's been gone, bro. It's been difficult. You know, it's a little different than. Yeah. Well, in a way, it's not. You know what's happened with George Floyd? I guess. No. To me, right. You know, but in a way, for me, it was different because my mind was occupied with other things. So right, now, where right. I'm at, yeah. I'm not as occupied yeah. now. You know. Um, yeah. And even doing these shows kind of forces us to... And you think you're going to have some main event to be able to process and, and work with. You know, you don't expect it in succession, piling on. You know, and it's like, this is just sped up over the course of the last year or two. You know. I mean, I mean and, then, and then with this kid uh, blasting, you know, while falling on his ass, with this assault rifle, you know, and killing two people, you know, yeah. you know, that whole other thing. And it's like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, before it's done, you know, he, he already can see that he's going to wind up with a charge of manslaughter because he was right. defending himself. You already Some, see something that like, 
Right, something like, yeah. you know, you talked about that with the media, you know, and how the media yeah. portrays, this, you know, here they show him painting graffiti off the wall, you know, yeah. as a kid with his mama because he's inspired to be a cop, you know. He's inspired to promote in the first place. That's what he's inspired. But, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me take the cables off you. Uh, but yeah, man, um, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on that I'm on that roar in the gym, right? <laughs> <laughs> do the roar, do the roar. <laughs> but you know, right we on, can man. keep going, and I Get think I think show, we, man. Yeah, I think we're going to just do a follow up on Monday, but we'll we'll talk more about that in a minute. Yeah, so yeah, I know I know show, you're man. on Please. I know you're on the line. Uh, we got about 45 right. minutes left till nine, so I might you know we got time to bring you back. Hey, cool. That much time gone? Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. We ate that all up. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking <laughs> but, at the clock. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, man. Yeah. Go on, man. No, it's all good. Go on with all the right. show, man. All right. I'll check. We'll check back with you in a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Appreciate you. Love you. Love you back. Ladies and gentlemen, my dad, Bill Green. You can catch us every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio, Dysfunctional by Design. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, for any previous episodes you might have missed on our Wednesday shows, again, blogtalkradio.com slash green, like the color green, BG, as in Bill Green, 52, green BG 52, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. So we're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, take a, I'm going to take a quick break here. When we come back from break, I do want to introduce our comedic deity set uh, for tonight's episode. Uh, and, of course, we'll talk a little bit about guilt. But the phone lines are open for you anytime. We're not going to, like, get too much into a segment and then get to you caller or anything like that. You guys got something to say. You got something you want to talk about. Uh, be sure to just go ahead and call 516-453-6094. Again, 516-453-6094 and press 1. And I'll bring you in as quickly as possible because I want to hear what you've got to say. Um, I think it's very important for us to discuss and get these things out and open um, for us to come up with some plans, strategies. If anything, just get it off of you. And that's what we're here tonight. So let's take a quick break, and we will be back in about two minutes and 35 seconds. This is the Greenhouse Effect Radio.
Uh-huh. Well, it's about 2.30, two minutes and 30 seconds, but I hope you all had a moment to just breathe for a minute. Thanks again, Dad, for chiming in. What's good, Tanya Freedom? I see you on the chat line. Uh, again, if you're listening online, create a free account, Blog Talk Radio. You ain't got to have a radio show, but I would love to hear your thoughts online as well. Create your own account on Blog Talk Radio. Jump into the chat line. We can have discussions on there as well. I can multitask. It's all good. <laughs> so last week, um, we talked about building healthy relationships. And um, in the show and help building healthy relationships, our comedic deities that we introduced was Osir and Oset, or commonly known as Osiris and Isis. And in that discussion, we talked about Set or Seth. Seth is uh, Osiris, actually uh, Isis' brother. Um, but we're not going to get into brother and sister relationships when it comes to uh, comedic or African deities that I'm not going to get into that whole whole thing. But anyway, uh, we talked a little bit about Set in the discussion, in our introduction of these two. And I thought it'd be cool to just come back uh, since we introduced him. And actually, we also talked about Heru or Horus. A lot of you may be familiar with Horus as well, or Heru, the eye of the Eye of Haru or the Eye of Horus. But tonight I wanted to introduce Seth, or as some people commonly known as Seth. Um, looking at the topic, uh, the title that I have for tonight with dealing with guilt, looking at things that's going on around us, because uh, there's all kind of different guilts that I deal with every day. And I just thought this was a good episode to be, uh, as always, I I try to be transparent with you all every week um, and try to have some relation as far as the deities that we introduce with today's topic or what's happening. So Set, S-E-T, kind of like a bad guy, um, but not really. Very interesting how when we talk about, well, except for Mayat and Toth, T-H-O-T-H, maybe even Heka, a couple of deities that we talked about earlier in the season, um, like Mayat and Toth, they pretty much, you know, there is the line of good that they ride. But then there's other ones that we talked about and how there's a little bit of a duality that exists. Uh, Hathor. Um, And I don't have the other names in front of me right now. Hathor. um, ah, I can't remember right now. But uh, there's, you know, a lot of duality uh, that exists as well when it comes to some of these deities. But Looking at Set, a lot of people looked at, uh, through comedic teachings, he represented forces of disturbance, confusion, and things like that. Now, one of the first deities we introduced was Apep, or Isfet. 
I-S-F-E-T, or APEP, A-P-E-P. And I started out the season introducing this deity because ISFET was the opposite of Mayat, M-A-A-T. Mayat represents truth and order. Um, Basically, I was saying that we are in a world of ISFET. We're in a world of dishonesty, disorder, chaos. Um, But coming back to that, Set represents that as well. And I'll get into some of the relationships that he uh, had with APEP or ISFET as well. We'll get into that in a minute. But Set, as we mentioned last week, he's a brother of Osiris. And while Osiris and Isis were ruling the land of Egypt and Kemet, um, some teachings state that he was jealous and that he uh, tricked Osiris and killed him and took over the kingdom. Um, and then Osiris and Isis had a son, Horus or Heru, and there's a lot of talk and you study comedic teachings. It talks a lot about the battles between Set and Heru, or Seth and Horus. Uh, so he's shown a lot with Horus, uh, indicating some equality, um, and used, and he was actually, was very interesting, and I was saying, like, you know, he they always talk about Seth, like he's this evil guy, he's this disturbance and confusion, but he was actually a protector as well of the sun god Ra, or Ray. And he protected Ra, Ray, from Apep, or Isfet. He protected them from the giant serpent. serpent. Um, the serpent didn't care, this big giant serpent. He was just all about just destruction, right? And just, you know, even with Ra, he didn't care, right? So, but even Set knew that, yeah, you know, we, we got to protect the sun, man. You know, the sun's got to come up, you know, at a certain part of the day. You know, and then the moon comes. You know, we we can't live in a world without a sun. That's crazy, right? Um, But Seth's character and mythology reflects both negative and positive aspects, um, which is very interesting. But bringing him into tonight's discussion, again, looking at where we are right now with the RNC, uh, (laughs) Dad called Mike Pence Dracula. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's, it's, Amazing how much these things are right in front of us, and some of us refuse to accept it, and some people call it conspiracy theories, whatever, whatever. But getting into Set, uh, the god of violence, chaos, confusion, similar again to Isfet and Apep. Uh, he was noted as the red one, quote-unquote, a very ill-tempered god who personified anger, rage, and violence. And in dealing with chaos, again, he opposed the harmony of Ma'at, again, truth and order. Uh, they connected Set with the god of the desert or the quote-unquote red lamb. You see that connection, the red lamb, the red one, some red similarities, you know, connection with that. Um, but with the god of the desert, there was some uh, opposing and threatening uh, powers towards vegetation, rebellion, and strife, um, such as going against what Osiris and Isis had when they were running uh, Egypt, ancient Egypt. Uh, connecting confusion and chaos on the personal and social and even cosmic level. But I thought that was really interesting, confusion and chaos at the personal and social levels. 
I mean, that's where we are right now, I think. There's so much confusion right now in the personal and social, whether it be one-on-one or even through the Internet or what have you. So much stuff going on. He was also connected with problems and crimes, sickness and disease, civil unrest, foreign invasion, storms, bad weather. We're dealing with two damn hurricanes at the same time. You know, weather's crazy. We got sandstorms flying over the ocean, coming from the UK over here. They never ha- I don't think that's ever happened before. So, you know, I, coincidence, I don't know. What was interesting, too, in this connection of civil unrest and foreign invasion, like, well, there's nobody, you know, they're invading maybe overseas. But then you look at, like, Russia's influence in the elections and hacking and all of these things, that we've created this new world within our computers and within our devices this world of the internet. And now we've allowed such of this world to be invaded by foreigners. Maybe it's a little far-fetched. I might be stretching a little bit, but that's my connection with it as well. Um, in Greek, because as most of you know, the Greek pretty much learned from African and Kemetic teachings and took, took it back to their land and changed things up. But in connection to the Greek mythology or the Greek teachings, uh, his connection is with Typhon, 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 T-Y-P-H-O-N. I guess it depends on how that P-H-O-N goes, Typhon, Typhon. Um, so if you look that up, there's that connection, there's that influence. And there's other influences as well, I can into that real quick. But he wasn't always hostile, as I mean. As I said earlier, he protected, he protected, oops, my bad. Uh, he protected Ray, uh, again, from the serpent, Apep. Um, and he was even regarded by a lot of kings and warriors uh, to give them strength because it was through his ability to be cunning as well. Uh, he was very strong. Um, and uh, so a lot of kings and warriors had that connection which said as well, gave them strength in battle. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's that duality, that dual, uh, dualism with Heru. Um, sometimes they even looked at as a two-headed deity as well. So I mentioned that there was some influence. Um, some say that he's inspired through the story of St. George versus the dragon and a Christian motif. motif uh, there's a story of St. George and the dragon. Uh, so you can look that up as well. But a lot of times Set was frequently uh, mentioned or invoked or whatever the term is that they did back then <laughs> um, to use his power against other hostile deities. It was very, very interesting in, in reading about Set. And even though he's kind of looked at as this bad guy, he will still use uh, his bad powers were used to fight other bad powers. You know, kind of like how they do hackers, right? Like how the, the government will, will find a hacker and then they'll get a hacker and put them on the payroll to stop other hackers. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? What was really interesting in doing this research, I, I wondered, and I kept looking, I kept looking. I, I've never really made this connection before, but I think that there is a connection, uh, an influence, if you will, 
um, when it comes to the stories of, let's say, Jesus and Satan. Uh, like Satan, you know, Satan brought about the end of paradise. He was cast out in the land of the gods, uh, rebelling against harmonious uh, rule, things like that. There's the color red. You know, we talked about he's the red one set or the red desert. They always uh, connect the serpent and the desert and talking about Satan. Um, you talk about deceit, cunning, uh, war, destruction. Uh, again, that close connection with the serpent. Just, I just found this very interesting in, in the similarities. And um, I'm just kind of shooting off the hip here, and I just wanted to share that. I don't know for sure. I didn't really um, – I wasn't able to confirm if there was an influence, but I think there was. Um, you know, this great deceiver of human beings from Christian concepts to comedic concepts. Um, and I didn't have a chance to look yet. So uh, I know dad's listening. So uh, there were some scriptures that I didn't have a chance to confirm yet. But uh, there's Matthew in the book of Mark, Matthew and Luke. You know, they talk about Jesus being tempted by Satan. Uh, I think in Matthew, they talk about in the wilderness. So like Matthew, I think it was chapter 4, uh, verse 1 through 11. Again, if you got pen and pad handy, you know, check, write these down, because I'm going to research these later on and, and double check. And I think Monday we are going to do a show. Uh, so I would love to do some follow-up with this. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. Uh, Mark, first Mark, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. And then there's Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. So I'm going to have to double-check those. So uh, those that uh, do follow Scripture, that do study Scripture, um, I'm going to research that, and maybe we can follow up and have some further discussions about that. So um, I, I just wanted to introduce Seth tonight. Uh, this is some extraordinary times that we're living in right now, and it's hella scary. Um, but at times it's very empowering, I think, too. I guess it depends on how you look at it. I guess there's that duality of fear and strength, love and hate, you know, good and evil. Of course, you can't know one without the other, right? So I'm making it short because it's already 830. There's so much more I can get into with Seth, but Seth is our comedic deity for the seventh episode here. Uh, August 26, 2020. <laughs> so we're going to take another quick break, and uh, I'll touch a little bit on, uh, talk a little, about, a little bit about guilt, kind of open myself up for the next 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so, a little transparent moment. Um, and maybe, you know, I'm sure I'm going to have some eye-opening moments, and maybe you will too. If you have anything you want to share, again, the chat room was open. Our phone lines are open as well. Just hit one. I'll bring you in right away. So we will take another short break, and we'll be right back talking about Set, the bad guy.
I'm the bad guy. <laughs> I tell you, you know, you gotta gotta have fun with what you do. You know, it's the small things, the small victories in life. I think that counts. I was telling my crew that when uh, I was working at uh, Urban Initiatives, you know, I had my crew. I'm like, that's the small victories, small victories. You got to find those small victories every day in life. Dad and I were talking earlier, and uh, we were talking about acknowledging the wrong inventory. You know, um, how does your pain define you? You know, do you let your pain define you? How is your pain defined? Do your growth, does it define you? How do you use your pain? How do you use your guilt? How do you use your experiences, failures, whatever? And even in some other conversations I had and looking at what's happening in the world, um, I can't help but to feel a little bit of guilt, a little bit of sadness, like I should be doing something more. You know, the last few years, I was, uh, you know, working working hard with families, with kids in Inglewood here in Chicago. Uh, you know, um, feel like you're making a change, but, you know, things things happen. And, you know, um, but I'm not quite as involved in looking at what's happening here in Chicago or what's happening in Kenosha or what's happening in Minneapolis, you know, um, I appreciate and I'm very grateful how I was raised. Um, You know, and I feel like there is a duty that at least I have to uphold um, to help my people, to help people, period. Just not my people, but oppress people, period. You know, it's not cool, right? Things need to be fair. Tired of the the game shifting, we're tired of the rules changing, you know. There's no reason that people still make up 12% of the population after the last 20 years. That's crazy. But, you know, there is a sense of guilt. Um, so what is guilt? You know, the, you can look it up. The state of having done or wrong, uh, done a wrong or committed offense, a feeling of self reproach, reproach, blaming at oneself or believing that one has done a wrong and uh, done something against your own values. You know, that's the whole Webster dictionary sort of thing. You can look that up for yourself. Um, I think we all kind of go through guilt at one time or another in our lives. I can't believe anyone has never felt guilty about something. Um, but some of us feel guilty, more guiltier, if you will, than others, you know. Um, and you can, some of you all know me you know, that's known me for years, you know, I go really hard on myself. And I know sometimes you do too. And it's interesting, the conversations that I have with some of you that are listening. But some of us feel more guiltier than others. Um, And it's not always because we've done more bad stuff than somebody else. You know what I'm saying? It's just um, how our brain processes things sometimes, you know. But it's crucial in talking about guilt and how you're dealing with guilt, how I deal with guilt, I think it's very crucial for us to identify or 
investigate, if you will, uh, where the, the guilt is coming from, if you can. Uh, and what kind? What kind of guilt? And that was some of the, the couple of things I wanted to get into, and just the different types of guilt. Um, but guilt is a heavy bleeping bag, right? A heavy bleeping bag. Um, we carry this load for years sometimes, sometimes even subconsciously. But it's there, and it's triggered. You know, but how can we lighten the load, right? So let's run through it real quick. Guilt is a heavy bag. Let's lighten the load. We can make amends for something. We can work through it. Or we can simply just let it let it go. Now there's a couple of there's a few guilt there's a few labels as far as what kind of guilt you might be feeling. There's a natural guilt, there's a free floating or toxic guilt, and then there's the existential guilt. Now, some of this stuff I got, you know, in just uh, researching and, and reading about yoga, uh, I like to do some research through, uh, through articles in Buddhism. I do research in some articles through yoga, yoga journals, and things like that. So that's like the yogajournal.com. So you can check that out. It talks about guilt. Uh, so natural guilt is something like a remorse over something you did or you failed to do, right? It can be something as simple as like uh, breaking or damaging somebody's things a busted window, maybe lying to your partner or significant other. So it, it's, it's related to real time, to your actions in real time, or quote-unquote a local kind of thing. It's real. It's right there. Um, but it can be repairable. You can make amends. You can ask for forgiveness. You can pay your debt, if you will. Um, resolve to change your behavior. We talked about that when we talked about the power of words and we talked about the power of the apology. You can give the apology, but if you don't understand what you did, it really doesn't make sense. And then you have to resolve that change in your behavior. Otherwise, you're just going to keep repeating the process, right? We talked about that. Um, but this natural guilt that happens, it's like a, a, an eternal alarm, if you will. Um, and it's like, boom. And you're automatically automatically identifying these unethical behaviors and, and, and that there needs to be a change. Um, a lot of times I find myself calling my dad, you know, something I did. <laughs> I'm like, man, you know, I put myself in this situation like, oh, man. I don't really. Some of you might call your mom, your mother or your aunt or whatever I um, I might, <laughs> but, but a lot of times I'll call my dad. Right. So, yeah, you know, I know he's listening, of course. A lot of times, um, we might be quick to leave a phone number. If you mess up somebody's ride or leave a note or something like that, of course it depends on your morals. Um, scientifically our ability, it, 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 uh, connects with our ability to emphasize other people's suffering, they say. Um, but if you can establish a, again, a healthy relationship, we talked about that last night. So you're developing a healthy relationship with yourself. If you can establish a healthy relationship with your personal guilt, you really shouldn't agonize over guilty feelings. And I'm saying this to you, but again, I, a lot of times I'm saying these things to myself because I go through this quite a bit. 
Um, but what I'm learning to do is use these as signals to change my behavior. And that's what I've been doing recently. Uh, you know, getting hard on myself, going, going in and, and, and putting myself through more trauma and more guilt. Uh, I have greatly reduced that. And again, those that know me know that I go through that quite a bit. Um, natural guilt can have a shadow side as well. We talked a little bit about shadow, uh, those guilt trips that you go through. Um, we we joke around, Dad and I joke around about Catholic guilt, but that goes more into like more toxic guilt, and we'll get into that in a second. But hey, I go through guilt every Thursday. You know, I'm writing notes, I'm getting ready for the show. And, and the phone rings, I get text messages, or I do this and I do that. And, and I want to engage, excuse me, in, in phone calls and conversations. Sorry, I want to engage in phone calls and conversations. Um, but my mind is going in so many different places because I'm, you know, I'm preparing for the show, right? And I go through this guilt trip because... I can't continue these conversations. So it's like, do I stay on the line because I don't want to feel bad, but I'm not really paying attention? Or then I tell them, hey, you know, let me finish getting ready for the show. But then I feel bad because I'm interrupting the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But again, you know, it's just one of those things that I have to deal with and go through. And then I'm working on. But I know I'm running out of time here. We've got about 15 minutes left. Let me just hit on these other two things. So toxic kill. Um, it it happens when natural guilt festers, right? You can simply be there like a, uh, it it can just be there like a a part of your personality. Um, And it just spontaneously can come into your conscious, right? Um, Maybe feeling like you're unworthy or, or I had a conversation, a matter of fact, with, with, with Tanya Freedom and I was like, man, you know, I, I was talking about how sometimes I feel like I'm not a good friend sometimes. Like I really, I, I didn't really engage a lot with my friends on the, on the phone that, you know, uh, uh, people don't call me because I'm not a good guy. I, I don't always talk to them on the phone. And I don't turn people phone calls and, and things like that. It's like, Oh my God, man, chill out. You know? So uh, another part of with, with uh, toxic guilt is that it can trigger, it can be triggered from the outside. Um, whether by mistake, uh, mistake made or somebody's suspicion. Uh, I think a lot of that comes, well, for me, I've had to deal with that in, in personal relationships, more intimate relationships. And you're carrying a heavy bag already, right? You're carrying that heavy bag of, of guilt, and it's full of toxic guilt. Because, I mean, we're talking like it's just sitting there, and it doesn't really take much for it to be activated, you know, but you get in these relationships, and I've been in these relationships, and you feel like you're uh, 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 walking on eggshells. You know, I've, I've, some of you have heard me say that before. You know, afraid that um, you're about to do something um, that's going to expose the innate badness that dwells from within. Dun, dun, dun. You know, they're going to see you for the bad person that you are. You know. Because you're carrying all this extra unnecessary toxic guilt. Um, that's a lot. 
and it's really, really unnecessary. Uh, but sometimes it, it could come from childhood. You know, uh, we talk about that Catholic guilt, right? Uh, the teaching of original sin, guilty feelings, and, and stuff like that. People talk about reincarnation and karma, uh, karmetic residue, um, the whole thing with reincarnation, the idea that uh, our, our present circumstances are determined by a uh, pattern, uh, pattern set in our past lives, you know, like, you know, these things that happen because of what happened in the past, you know, things like that. It's like, why, why are you putting yourself through all this? Um, all this buildup, you know. So, um, it can, you know, it's a lot of buildup sometimes and things like that. I'm just, I keep looking at the time here and I don't want to get so caught up. On, on getting into uh, tox, toxic guilt. But the last thing was existential guilt. Um, and again, I'm just going to cut the show. So the other thing was existential guilt. And it's more related to what I was feeling, like what's going on around us right now. And I think a lot of us can relate to this because it's this negative feeling when we see this injustice that's happening. Um, or, or I think a lot of uh, Caucasian people were going through this, like when George Floyd died. You know, now they're starting to have this negative feeling about injustice and, and that they're not doing enough to make these changes that's happening around us, the things that's happening to us. The guilt I'm feeling is just that I want to do something to make change, and I don't really know exactly what it is right now, but I just have to keep pushing through this, whatever that guilt is, because I think doing these shows on Wednesdays and Thursdays is what it's supposed to be. So I'm just trusting in the process. But even as you're trusting in the process, you go through these moments of guilt, and that's a part of the process, too, I think. But this existential guilt thing is when you get this toxic level of guilt and mixing it uh, with existential guilt and we, we suffer from this feeling that we're responsible for everybody else's pain, you know, but, but then you get caught up in all that. And then like, how do you discriminate between just straight compassion and useless, what, self-sacrifice, you know? Um, check those feelings. Check those feelings when they come up. Um, I think at times we can become confused about what type of guilt we are feeling. Uh, some guilts do need amends. Yeah. You know, because the guilty feeling points, uh, the guilty feelings point out a failure uh, that maybe we're not living up to our own values. And it's just really simple like that. And then some just let it go sometimes. So some do need amends. Some are just checkpoints in our lives that we're not living up to our own values. So just be truthful to yourself with that. And again, some are just best to just let it go. You know, how do you let it go, though? Yeah, we're definitely going to have to do a show on Monday. <laughs> um but real quickly, I, I, I would suggest to just avoid it, you know, try to just keep practicing ethical mindness, uh, mindfulness, if you will, if you will. Uh, try to just let go of how we hold on to things uh, from our old actions. You know, it's still stuck in your mind. Somehow you got to purify your mind and, and let go of that residual 
Um, and learn how to practice self-forgiveness. Interesting. Do we practice self-forgiveness enough? How are those affirmations coming? I almost forgot to ask about those affirmations. I'm going through guilt right now because I haven't um, consistently done my greenhouse wellness initiative. You know, I wasn't even going to mention it tonight. It's like, nah, they not even going to know. They won't know until I say it. But nah, nah, I'm guilty about it. I mean, I'm doing something. You know, I stay active. I'm not always recording it or posting it. I don't think people want to see me doing yard work. <laughs> but maybe I should let you know. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? But that's something I'm going to work on. And, and uh, um, you know, it's always next month. There was a story I, I read, and I hope I get this story right, about these two these two uh, monks, if you will. We'll call them monks. So one monk was in a monastery, and this monastery, you know, they were real big, you know, like on, uh, on sin and, you know, shame on you, you know, shame, shame, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And then this other monk was in this monastery that, that celebrated, you know, human existence. And, you know, we, we make mistakes, you know what I'm saying? So, so these two monks, they snuck out their monasteries, and they went to go kick it one night. And, uh, you know, they, 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 let's, let's say they went to the club, and let's say they just, you know, they, they went all out. They got crunk. They got lit. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? They let it go. You know, they had sex. They was drinking, all this stuff, right? So the one monk that went to this this monastery, the shame monastery, he was so shameful and felt so bad about it, he never even went back to the monastery, you know, and ended up just still hanging out in the streets and be, and, and just became an element of, of, of the streets. And then the other dude, even though he got in trouble, he went back, you know, um, that, that guilt is, is such a, a powerful thing. Um, and I think that we have to really learn how to forgive ourselves sometimes and recognize our essential goodness. I know not everybody's going to have this essential goodness. Everybody's not going to uh, uh, be the good guy and, and we make mistakes and some people are just going to be selfish and think about themselves and and, and man-made values and all that other stuff, right? But I think those that are listening know what I'm talking about. And I think we need to recognize our essential goodness. Now, whatever that means for you through your spirit, because we talk a lot about mind, body, spirit, right? We've been talking about that for the last six, seven weeks now. But in order to do that, you have to find some uh, tiebreaker for yourself, if you will. I know Dad talks a lot about tiebreakers when it comes to you and another person's relationship. But what about you? What about the relationship with yourself? What about your spirit? How do you feed your spirit? We kind of have an idea how to feed ourselves physically. We can do exercises and promote our greenhouse wellness initiative, right? We can promote our mind by reading and having open discussions like this Thursdays and Wednesdays and comments and stuff like that on social media, right? 
What about your spirit? And it's through your spirit that these spiritual teachings, uh, through whatever it is, whatever your spiritual teachings can help in dealing with that guilt, you know, uh, um, the right way, you know, and looking beyond your flaws. Uh, and it can help you to really know your deeper perfection, if you will. Dealing with this COVID and all these changes, we always, a lot of us have agreed that we hope that in the end that people find their better selves while at home and practicing social distancing and all this stuff. And people are building great backyards and learning instruments and learning all these other tools and skills they never even knew they had. So that's great. You know, um, sometimes just let it go. Try not to be so hard on yourself. Yeah. And I say that for me. Don't beat yourself up. Be aware of your thoughts and emotions. Um, Shift the focus back to you. We can't change other people, the past, or circumstances out of our control. All we can change is ourselves. So if necessary, shift your focus back to yourself and realize that you have the power to change your life. And accept what you cannot change. That is, man, I don't know. It's been a little difficult for me lately because I want to change everything. (laughs) But in the end, celebrate your growth. And I'm going through that right now. Every Wednesday and Thursday, Man, it's growth that's happening every week on these shows. And I'm so glad that you all are a part of it. I'm so glad to be a part of it with my dad, you know. So uh, we got about, oh, yeah, it's got about three minutes left. Um, you know, so that's 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 what's up with tonight. Uh, we're going to go ahead and... and um, I'm going to go ahead and start working on a, a format for Monday. So Monday, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, is that still September? August 31st, last day of August. Last day of August, August 31st. Let's go ahead and we're going to do a follow-up show Monday, 7 p.m. Dad, I'll follow up with you, see if you want to jump in. We can co-host together on it. Um Maybe we can kind of follow up on both Wednesday and tonight's show, talk a little bit about guilt, talk about uh, stop being so hard on ourselves. What does that mean for black people? What does that mean for black families as well? I don't know. Um, You know, why letting ourselves, you know, maybe sometimes we just let ourselves feel bad about some things and then again, let it go. How do we let go? I don't know. So many questions, so many discussions. So uh, I want to keep going here, but we're going to run out of time. So I'm going to cut it short tonight. Um, I'm not sure, Dad, if you had any last thoughts here. I'm going to bring you back in real quick. Got about a minute 30 left. I was just checking back in with you. How are you doing tonight? You good? You had any last 30-second <laughs> thoughts real quick? Uh, you're not Short? What are you talking about? You gone all the way to the last second. The last second. Well, I tell you what, we'll we'll, we'll jump back no. on it Monday then. How do you feel yeah. about Monday? Yeah. 
I feel good about Monday, man. I feel better about it with each with each passing minute, man. Good okay. show tonight. Uh, cool. Good show tonight. Uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed. You know, changing the seat and listening for a change, man. You know, I like it. I, I like your rhythm, man. I like your flow. You know, I like hey, your stride. Way to go. It's it's been a little weird these last couple of weeks because, um, whew, like my chest is my chest is hurting. It's like, man, is this what it's like to really open up like this? This is yeah, this is really exactly what it's like. And see, this is why a lot of people have heart attacks because that's not what they do. And then when they when when something happens that causes a flood, it overwhelms, you yeah. know, the mechanical heart. So yeah, man, keep it open, man. Keep it open. The most important thing you can do. But yeah, you know, cracking that heart open, man, that can be painful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, Monday it is. I'll see you Monday then. All righty, man. All right. All right. I'll stay. Thanks again. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That concludes our show tonight. I'm not going to go out with the music with music tonight. Again, uh, we're going to go out in silence. You all have a good night. Be blessed. Take care of each other. Good night.